All right, welcome back to another episode of The View. I'm your host, uh, Star Jones. <laughs> um, so, I, again, hypochondria kicking in in full force. This is going to be a bit TMI, but if I burrow it in, I'll probably die of a damn aneurysm. So, I just used the, actually, about an hour ago, went to go, you know, pinch a loaf, as they say, bright green, like, uh, looked like, like lime sherbet green, sherbet, it's weird, it is sherbet, but that sounds, it's, like, you sound like a damn moron if you say sherbet, but it is sherbet, I think, anyways, the entire load looked like lime sherbet, and I was panicking (laughs) i have been told my entire life if your doo-doo is not brown if it is some other color it is usually cause for alarm and then realized so i had to think like okay what have i been eating it had somehow slipped my mind that in the past week i have gone through about three boxes of the captain crunch just berries (laughs) Woo! <laughs> it has done a number to me. Which I use almond milk. Uh, typically easier on the old uh, gut system. But somehow the mixture of bright blue, bright purple, bright green, bright red, all those colors turned into bright green. And it had me absolutely flustered. So, now that I know that it's because I've consumed probably about a liter of food coloring, of, you know, whatever green dye, 44, whatever it may be, um, I feel a little bit more at ease. But, my God, um, you know, so be aware, if you are consuming um, roughly two pounds worth of Cap'n Crunch berries <laughs> in a five-day period... Um, things are going to look odd down there. So boy, what a way to start the, uh, to start the show. So let's, um, let's pretend like that never happened (laughs) and, uh, move on to some, uh, current events. So moving on to said current events, let's see what's going on in the world. Okay. Uh, Robert Eggers' Nosferatu has officially wrapped filming. Look, as a horror movie fanatic, I am so excited for this. Robert Eggers, one, makes pretty goddamn amazing movies. This Nosferatu looks fucking terrifying. If you ever have a chance to watch the original, I believe it came out in 1922... I might be off on that. I think it was 22. I mean, yeah, maybe so. Anyways, uh, Count Orloff, Count Orloff, a.k.a. Nosferatu, is played by a fellow named Max Shrek, who, I mean, God, what an amazing job. And it's like, it's a silent film, which <laughs> is going to cut out. <laughs> I mean, that's going to do it for a lot of people, understandably so. All of the scenes that don't involve Nosferatu 
are mind-numbingly boring. So kind of get that in your head. But, I mean, how fucking terrifying the old Nosferatu looks in that movie. For a movie that came out a hundred years ago. And this one, which then they did, um, who did it? Um, fuck. What's his name? No, was it Warner Herzog? Like, I think Warner Herzog made one in the 70s. I believe with Klaus Kinski. Another amazing movie. Then, 1993? Oh, boy. I think 93, there was one called Shadow of the Vampire with Willem Dafoe. Where Willem Dafoe plays Max Shrek, and it's like a weird take on it of um, the director F.W. Murnau uh, or Murnau uh, filmed the movie and Max Shrek actually looking like that, which I don't believe was the case. Then again, have not <laughs> dove deep into it. But Willem Dafoe was fucking incredible in that movie as well. Um, yeah, this movie is going to be absolutely terrifying. Um, the whole n- idea of no, I mean. So, in case you don't know, Nosferatu is Dracula. It's the creepy fucking, like, German version of Dracula. Or at least, you know, the first two. The Klaus Kinski one and the original F.W. Murnau one. Um, Yeah, boy, it is... I cannot wait for this. And in a world of horror movie remakes that typically just suck fat ones, this is the way to go is to take a movie that is 100 years old that was pretty fucking scary when it came out and remake that. Don't remake a movie from the 80s. That Carrie remake was absolute dog shit. The only one, I mean, Salem's, uh, not Salem, well, there is a Salem's Lot coming out, which, who knows. But the, um, shit. What was it? Good Lord, the Captain Crunch has... Is eating away at my fucking brain right now. <laughs> what the fuck was um Pet Cemetery? God damn, yes, Pet Cemetery. The Pet Cemetery remake I actually thought was pretty decent, although there's no um you know, I mean as good as John Lithgow was, there's no you know I'll actually all cotton all us like <laughs> if you don't have that in the movie, it is very hard to uh you know to get my attention. Um, y'all thinking about putting y'all boy up there? Yeah, God, that that original one is so fucking creepy. Little Gage. <laughs> I mean, I know that it's a movie and you have to have some sort of like suspension of disbelief. But come on, you could have kicked the shit out of that little kid. <laughs> like, what's the, what's the fucker's name that plays the old man? It's the dude from the Munsters that played Herman Munster. <clears throat> man, I always forget what his name is. Boy, that is really frustrating. Anyways, um, God, he's so good in that. But he could, he should have beat the. Sh- he should have grabbed a fucking nine iron <laughs> and just swung right into the neck of that little fucking bastard. But yeah, he didn't. Instead, he got his throat bitten off. <laughs> Roadhouse. Um. So yeah, no, the nose. This Nosferatu shit's gonna be, I think, very good. And I am uberly excited for it. So, you know, Nosferatu. What's uh, next? Okay, here's a story that will fucking keep you up at night. A moose, or moose, because moose is plural for moose. 
So I don't know if this is a moose or multiple moose. No, it's a moose. A moose tests positive for rabies virus in Teller, which is in western Alaska. Uh, If you live in western Alaska, run for your fucking lives. (laughs) Dude, moose. I don't like that plural moose is moose. So I will go with meese. Goose, geese, moose, meese. Um, for there to be the chance of rabid meese all over Alaska, my God. I mean, a non-rabid moose is, without a doubt, one of the most terrifying animals on the planet. I mean, I've never seen one in person, thank God. But from the videos you see when they're, like, towering over a fucking Ford Bronco, <laughs> like dude, these things are massive and apparently don't have any problem with fucking people up (laughs) i mean my god they're basically like living thousand pound snow plows that want to fucking (laughs) that want to fuck you up oh boy I mean, I I think Alaska seems like a very beautiful place, but and you and I've always wanted to visit Alaska. Until they get this shit under control, I'm not leaving Texas. <laughs> I will go no further north than where I'm at right now. On the off chance that they've already, you know, maneuvered their way into uh, the continental U.S. Holy shit! You know. So I, it was very late. I'd like to think that I have a decent knack for geography. It was very late in my life when I realized that Alaska was not an island. (laughs) Um, Not only not an island, but not even connected to the U.S. Um, I mean, I'm not, I mean, it wasn't like a fucking week ago, but it was a, it was a time ago. <laughs> um, I mean, not a long time ago, really. But, I mean, maps really kind of fuck things up for everyone. So, I can't really be held fully accountable for that. But, yeah. I mean, a moose with rabies. I mean, a fucking... A raccoon with rabies is... I mean, that is red alert. A, you know... I mean, I don't know how much a full-grown fucking bull moose weighs. I imagine at least a thousand pounds, probably upwards to two thousand. I don't know. Two thousand seems like a lot, but these are big motherfuckers, so maybe two thousand. Either way, one of those sons of bitches with rabies. <laughs> Do fuck cocaine bear. Give me rabies moose. <laughs> fucking rabies moose needs to be a movie. That is. My God. I mean, you know, that's proof that they're, that the devil is real. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, oh, man. Anyways, moving on before I have a fucking panic attack. Oh, my God. So, this picture has been um, surfacing around the uh, social media world. And it's a picture of... Believe it or not, <laughs> believe it or not, this is not a random homeless person on in Venice Beach. This is uh, 
Oscar nominee, not winner, Oscar nominee, Jonah Hill. <laughs> Dude, look, I mean, I know that if you have a lot of money, lap band surgery is highly affordable. And if I had Jonah Hill money, <clears throat> probably be in the same boat. But man, does he look rough. I, I mean, look, congratulations on getting skinny. I mean, I'm not not necessarily knocking the fact that he's skinny. I'm knocking the fact that he looks like dog shit right now. Like, he doesn't look fucking good. He just is skinny. Which, you know, you give anyone enough fucking meth or heroin, and, yeah, they'll probably lose some fucking weight. <laughs> I mean, when you can stay awake for six days in a row without eating... And just fucking stripping copper wire out of AC units. Probably going to lose a little weight. I'm not saying that that's what Jonah Hill's doing. Jonah Hill most likely is drug free. Well, hold on. (laughs) Maybe not drug free. Um, But I'm sure he's probably not on meth or heroin. But man, does he look like... He kind of looks like a... Like a... um, Fuck, what do they call it? Like, oh my god, when you go to church on Wednesdays, just for like, teenagers, where they like, play fucking like, P.O.D. and have like, god damn, what is that called? Um, son of a bitch. My memory is fucking gone. (laughs) I mean, there must be something in these damn Cap'n Crunch (laughs) that are rotting, I mean, giving me fucking CTE uh, non-collision CTE, um, whatever it is, whatever the fucking, uh, you know, teen church service bullshit is, he looks like one of the, he looks like a preacher for that, um, a minister, youth minister, youth, youth group, isn't that what it's called, youth group, youth group, we'll say youth group, uh, he definitely looks like a youth group minister, like, Oh, boy. Well, I mean, hopefully everything's all right with Jonah Hill. Uh, (laughs) I mean, from the looks of it, it, (laughs) it's kind of up in the air, but, you know, maybe it'll be all right. Holy shit. All right. This. Okay, so this came out, uh, I don't know, maybe about a week ago, a couple days ago. This has had so many people pissed off myself included it's um billboard just revealed their list of the top 50 greatest rap groups of all time this is not a joke (laughs) this is an actual list from billboard which uh if my memory isn't completely gone to shit i believe billboard is a music magazine dedicated to music the appreciation of music the success whatever all things music this is the fucking list that they came up with now i'm not going to go through all of them i do just want to say number one and number two is actually not bad outcast and wu-tang clan i can get behind that a hundred percent and look i'm not trying to come off as being some rap aficionado i do like old school hip-hop quite a bit um and Outkast and Wu-Tang Clan are, you know, two of the best groups of all time. So I am not against this. But Public 
NWA should not be in number three. Sorry. NWA is not that fucking good. Um, Public Enemy should be number three. It should be Outcast. Actually, for me, it should be probably Public Enemy. Public Enemy, then Outcast, then Wu-Tang Clan. That would be my probably be my top three. Salt and Pepper <laughs> should not be in the top ten. I mean, what the fuck? And then Migos is number 11. They have the fucking Beastie Boys at 16, which is complete bullshit. Cypress Hill should be higher. Um, the Fuji should be a little higher than that. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five should not be uh, should not be in the top 15. Migos should not be on this list. Mob Deep should be way higher. Um, Eric B and Rakim is in a pretty good spot. Tribe Called Quest they deserve to be top like in that top uh, arena. Um, it is mind it is fucking mind boggling to me. The Ghetto Boys are not on this list, so. Immediately, this list is complete bullshit. And I'm not shitting on like the fact that most of these most of these groups should be on the list. That's for sure. Like uh, UGK should be on the list. The Roots should be on the list. De La Soul should be on the list. Not even, yeah, I guess not in my nature. Um, how are the Ghetto Boys not a in the top 20. Now, they probably are in the top 50. This is just the top 20 that I'm going off of. So I'm not saying the Ghetto Boys aren't in the top 50. They probably are. Um, they sh- The Ghetto Boys should be top 10, without a doubt. Probably even higher than that. Um, who the fuck else? There's got to be... I mean, Beastie Boys being that low is preposterous. Beastie Boys being... Okay. Play a little game with your friends... Let's see who can name the most songs between Naughty by Nature or the Beastie Boys or Grandmaster Flash and the Beastie Boys. If you could name more than one Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five song, then, hey, hats off to you. If you could name more than two Naughty by Nature songs, hats off to you. The Beastie Boys, I mean, now granted, I know the optics of this, (laughs) of me looking the way I look <laughs> being like why the fuck aren't the beastie boys higher is a little um on the nose but I I'm just going off of who has the best songs it's not like I think beastie boys are number one um but beastie boys should be in top five without a doubt it should be top five public enemy outcast Wu-Tang Clan beastie boys Ghetto Boys. That should be top. That's top five right there. Like, oh man, it, the you know. And again, I'm no expert on the in the world of hip hop, and I'm sure that most people who see this are gonna say, "Well, what the fuck could you know about hip hop?" Fair point. <laughs> it's a very very fair point, but I do think I have enough knowledge and appreciation of all of music in general, including hip hop. To know that Migos are not better than Cypress Hill, Three Six Mafia, or the Beastie Boys, or the fu- fucking Fugees, Mob Deep, like 
UGK, they all are better than fucking Migos. Migos should not be in the top 50. Yeah, by definition, they are rappers who were in a group. <laughs> that is their only qualification for being on a list of greatest fucking anything. So, this is bullshit. Billboard can fuck right the hell off with this. I mean, my God. I don't know what it is about music magazines and, like, music uh, literature doing these bullshit lists. Like, Rolling Stone did theirs not that long ago, and it is a complete joke. Not of rap groups. They did one of, like, I think they redid their top 100 greatest singers of all time. And, like, you... <laughs> I mean, take a look at that list sometime. Holy shit. Alright, I gotta move on before I have a fucking aneurysm. Okay. <laughs> this is great. So, a woman was arrested during an employment meeting with the Sheriff's Department. <laughs> so, according to the Sheriff's Department, Nicole Sneadecki? Sneadecki? Nicole Sneadecki came in just before 9 a.m. for a scheduled meeting related to her inquiry into employment with the department. According to this article, she was fucking hammered drunk. <laughs> Had a blood alcohol uh, level of, I think, a 0.152. So, double, whatever, it was double the legal limit. You have to have some fucking balls on you <laughs> to show up to a fucking job interview at a sheriff's department drunk out of your mind. And to be doing this before 9 a.m., man, this woman, <laughs> this, uh, ooh, this woman is a fucking badass. I mean, my God, to be sitting, she was probably sitting in the parking lot just like, <laughs> like just, all right, one more for the fucking road, just and just down to fucking, um, you know, Milwaukee's best man. And you could tell, like, I mean, one, this woman wasn't getting hired. You know, maybe if you're if you are a complete drunk, as this woman most likely is, a job in law in law enforcement, probably not the way to go. Maybe start off with, like, um, you know, Applebee's. <laughs> you know, Applebee's maybe make the jump to, like, you know, Outback Steakhouse. And then if you can kind of get your shit together, maybe go to, like, a Home Depot. Something where there's a little more responsibility. A sheriff's department <laughs> should <laughs> should not have been... Her, her resume should not have ended up at a sheriff's department under... Any circumstance. <laughs> I mean, if you're showing up before nine in the morning, drunk as shit like she was, to meet with the sheriff, like, uh, you give me this job or what? <laughs> Look, now, have I been drunk at work before? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I have been hammered drunk at work. Actually, last last episode... Full discussion about how I used to get hammered drunk at the movie th when I worked at the movie theater, and you know, basically just sweat out all the fucking four loco out of my body. Um, then you know, whatever. Had that discussion already. This woman looks to be about, I would guess, late thirties. Man, I mean, I say you know, keep doing what you're doing, uh, Nicole Sneadecki. 
you were fucking, you were living the goddamn dream. <laughs> All right, next. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Uh, police say tourist filmed allegedly carving Ivan and Haley on Rome's Colosseum has been identified. Kill these motherfuckers. B f no trial, no jury, nothing. Put a fucking bullet in both of these pieces of shit. Okay, one, spelling your name Haley like this, you kind of fucking deserve to be locked up anyways. You were born committing a crime. Now, your douchebag uh, boyfriend, Ivan, I don't know whose idea it was to carve your names into the fucking Coliseum. What they ought to do to this these two pieces of shit is reopen the Coliseum, full lions, uh, tigers, everything. Oh my! Put these two fuckers in there, and the last the last one alive gets to go. <laughs> and let's see how much Ivan and Haley. Uh, really want to stick together when Ivan is <laughs> shoving this chick <laughs> into the fucking paws of a fucking full-grown lion. Um, I would pay... I mean, I'm scared of flying, so I'm not going to Rome. I would pay an insane amount of money to watch that on pay-per-view. If there was a live stream pay-per-view of these two pieces of shit being dumped into the Coliseum with lions chasing them, Pay, I mean, I'll give you every every dollar I make for the next 10 years you can have. Granted, you'll get about $85. <laughs> but, you know, money's yours. So, fuck Ivan, fuck Haley. I hope you fuck, I hope you rot in hell. Um, let's see. Okay, so, well, damn, that's it. Um, all right, so that's it for, you know, for what's going on in the world. Um, let's go over some little interesting facts. That'll be good, huh? Let me turn the fucking light on. You can't see shit. Is that better? All right. Well, maybe it's better. I don't know. Fuck it. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Um, <laughs> let's see. So, first story involves... Someone that I think might be one of the most legendary music singers of all time. A dude who, if I like, if he was still alive and asked me, hey, do you want to go get drunk? I would give up all the fucking work of sobriety and go get hammered with this dude. The person I'm talking about is old blue eyes himself, Frank Sinatra. So I have gone on a deep dive of... Frank Sinatra just being, look, Frank Sinatra was a fucking animal, <laughs> which I kind of knew. I mean, I knew like the mafia connections, the, you know, occasionally just beating the shit out of people. I didn't know how much of a fucking coxman <laughs> Frank Sinatra was. Whoa, boy. Um, so just to give a little background, Frank Sinatra was part of this like group, drinking group, you know, work group, whatever, however you want to call them, called the Rat Pack. 
um, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, Joey Bishop. I think maybe Jerry Lewis. That doesn't sound right. I think Don Rickles might have been in there too. I don't know. It's mostly uh, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, Joey Bishop. Those are like the main ones. Frank Sinatra. Like, so these dudes basically ran Las Vegas. Um, At a time where, I mean, what I think is probably like the greatest era of Las Vegas. Like, these dudes were the kings of fucking Las Vegas. And what they used to do is Frank Sinatra used to host orgies with himself, the fellas in the Rat Pack, and just a fuck ton of, like, showgirls, strippers, hookers, whoever wants to come in and get pounded out by fucking Sinatra and Dean Martin. Um, Well, and Sammy Davis Jr., of course. Um, Yeah, just these wild orgies in Vegas. And... In Frank Sinatra's own words, the only rule for these orgies, which of course, if you know anything about orgies, it only an orgy is only as good as its ground rules. <laughs> like you have to lay out the ground rules of an orgy well in advance. His only rule, no gangbangs. <laughs> that is his words. I, I, look, I know I tend to like exaggerate, embellish, whatever, because stories are better that way. Frank Sinatra said, do whatever the fuck you want, no gangbangs. <laughs> I mean, that is a man of principle, if I've ever heard one. Um, so Frank Sinatra was doing this. Going back in time, Frank Sinatra, before he was like famous famous, got his start making porn, making actual adult films. Before he before he was old blue eyes and singing New York, New York and all that shit, he that fucker was having sex on camera while wearing a mask to kind of hide because he was, I believe, already getting somewhat known, but not I don't think he was like at full Sinatra level would wear a mask to hide himself. And the only reason these movies didn't come out and you can't just like go watch a fucking Sinatra porn is because his fucking mafia connections, basically the dudes in the mafia, the enforcers threatened any distributor of these porn films. Amazing. (laughs) Dude, Sinatra was fucking awesome. And to kind of put a bow on old blue eyes being a fucking legend. So Frank Sinatra was married to a woman named Mia Farrow. Did you ever see the movie Rosemary's baby? Fucking that's Mia Farrow. After Sinatra divorced Mia Farrow, got separated from Mia Farrow, she got into a relationship with a real fucking piece of shit named Woody Allen. And, I mean, if you don't know shit about Woody Allen, um, it is quite the Google. So Woody Allen, uh, you know, a complete dipshit, um, made a bunch of movies that really are no Woody Allen is the king of making movies that people pretend to like so that they seem smarter than they really are. Woody Allen movies fucking suck. Every one of them, Annie Hall, um, bananas, uh, everything you want to know about sex. Too afraid to ask what, um, what else did he make? Blue Jasmine. Woody Allen movies are fucking terrible. Woody Allen is annoying as shit. 
He is also <laughs> a creepy bastard. Woody Allen and Mia Farrow adopted a had an adopted daughter um, from I don't remember where. Anyways, had an adopted daughter who, after Woody Allen and Mia Farrow split up, Woody Allen marries said daughter. Um, there was a bunch of shit going on, like right at the split of Woody Allen and Mia Farrow, where it was kind of coming out that Woody Allen was a monster, like a perverted piece of shit. Frank Sinatra, being the badass that he is, asked Mia Farrow for permission to hire someone to break Woody Allen's legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she said no, which, damn, like to picture in your head a piece of shit Woody Allen getting his legs broken while Frank Sinatra just stands in the shadows fucking smoking a goddamn Virginia Slim. There's no way Sinatra f- smoked Virginia Slims. Either way, while Sinatra's sitting in the corner just fucking ripping a fucking cigarette, man, God, it would have been the greatest thing ever. So, you know, there's the little story of Sinatra. Um, next one is, okay, so this is pretty interesting one right here, um, is the story of a fella who you probably have never heard this name before, but he was pretty much, so this dude who you don't know the name of, I'm starting over because my brain went in five different directions as I was trying to introduce this story. So, (laughs) excuse me. Um, So it's a guy who is instrumental in the history of American literature and some bitch never really wrote a book. So it's the story of a guy named Thomas Nickerson. Uh, Thomas Nickerson was a whaler. So a guy who would get on a ship with a bunch of other dudes, whenever there was a whale anywhere near the the harbor, they would climb aboard, ahoy matey, go out, and just stab the fuck out of these whales and drag them back in. And whaling was a massively lucrative business back in, you know, 1700s, New England specifically. Um, So Thomas Nickerson and the fellas are going after this whale. A massive sumbitch. They end up kind of getting drug out a little further into sea. And this whale says, Oh yeah, I'm the largest animal to ever live. I'm going to fuck you up in your little wooden ship. And the whale just starts ramming these motherfuckers. It (laughs) like full on... Like, just cracking the shit out of their boats. They end up, the whale ends up destroying their their ship, and they end up shipwrecked in the middle of the ocean. End up going down to the Marquesas Islands. Uh, while they're in the uh, Marquesas, so ship destroyed. They end up in the Marquesas Islands, shipwrecked. While they're in the Marquesas Islands, they are starving to death. So. They start eating each other. (laughs) And yeah. So Thomas Nickerson, the fellas, are all just munching on each other to live. 
Thomas Nickerson the whole time is writing in his diary, telling the story of this whale that just fucked their ship up and how they're you know, starving to death on this island, blah, blah, blah. He writes this diary. Later, it gets published and becomes very popular amongst the New England whaling community and elsewhere in the country, too, but specifically in like the New England whaling community. And it becomes very, very influential to a young whaler, um, this young man named Herman Melville, who decides to now write his book, his great whaling story, Moby Dick. So, without Thomas Nickerson getting fucked off by a whale and eating some of his buds, there is no Moby Dick. So, you know. You take some good, take some bad, put it together, what do you have? Moby Dick. Um, so last one before I go. Another fucking incredible singer. One of the greatest singers of all time. Um, with one of the wildest life stories you will ever hear about anyone in the entertainment world. Um, from start to finish, just a fucking hell of a ride it is a fella named marvin gay so marvin gay of course let's get it on sexual healing what's going on um the king of motown um so marvin gay to kind of skip ahead so marvin gay grew up shit childhood dad is a fucking monster which we'll get to that at the end uh marvin gay senior was a real prick who, um, yeah, yeah, just not a not a great dad. Um, a crazy story of Mar- in the Marvin Gaye life. So Marvin Gaye, living you know in Detroit, being part of Motown, centered in Detroit, he befriends two players who play for the Detroit Lions. He is somehow convinced that he could also be a member of the Detroit Lions and starts training like full-on training to be (laughs) to play for the Lions and now granted the Detroit Lions fucking I could play for the Detroit Lions (laughs) I mean it is it's the worst team in the history of sports so yeah I mean probably not it probably isn't that hard to make it onto the goddamn Lions if I'm being honest if you I mean, if you if both of your legs work, you can probably get on get a fucking spot on the team at least on practice squad. So Marvin Gaye is kind of convinced by these two guys, and you know, in his own delusion that like, oh shit, I could be an NFL wide receiver, and he proceeds to put on thirty pounds of muscle <laughs> in an attempt to try out for the Lions and make the team. He does try out for the Detroit Lions. And actually does pretty fucking well in the tryouts. So well that they're like, God damn, is Marvin Gaye going to be a member of our team? Well, you know, sorry to fucking crush everyone's dreams here. But he does not make it onto the team. But be, but gets very close, which I think is astounding. So, <laughs> so Marvin Gaye, almost a member of the Lions, didn't make the team. Um... A more creepy aspect of Marvin Gaye is he did get a 15-year-old girl pregnant. Um, who, let me get this straight. I think I have this right. The girl was his wife's niece. 
I think, was Marvin Gaye's wife's niece. And they basically, like, like raised her. There's a... It is a very complicated (laughs) story that I probably should have learned more about. It doesn't matter. Marvin Gaye also got a 15-year-old girl pregnant. That's not good. Um... Also became a massive drug addict. Ended up moving to Hawaii and living in a van. Uh, <laughs> just basically making grilled cheese sandwiches and doing a fuckload of crack cocaine. Um, and then people started recognizing like, hey, is that Marvin Gaye <laughs> in that fucking van? Um, and so he's like, oh shit, I got to go back. So he ends up going back and living with his parents. When Marvin Gaye moves back in with his parents, it is a big problem. So Marvin Gaye and his dad already do not see eye to eye. Marvin Gaye Sr. is a real prick, and Marvin Gaye Jr. is a drug addict who is having drug dealers coming in and out of their house at all hours of the fucking uh, day and night. Marvin Gaye Sr. is not all right with this. They get into it. Marvin Gaye Sr. had always kind of instilled in his children that that I will beat the shit out of you, but if you ever lay a hand on me... I will fucking kill you. And so all of his kids believed fully that their dad would murder them if they fucked with him. Well, Marvin Gaye and Marvin Gaye Sr. get into a massive fight. And Marvin Gaye beats the shit out of his dad. Like kicks him in the ribs like a full-on ass whooping against Marvin Gaye Sr. Now, the day, a couple days before, or maybe a month before, Marvin Gaye Jr., had bought his dad as a present a 38 revolver and Marvin Gaye senior gets up goes into his bedroom grabs said 38 revolver goes back into the room where Marvin Gaye Jr is and shoots him right in the fucking chest then shoots him again point blank range Marvin Gaye Jr is just basically sinks to the floor dying talking to like his mother saying, you know, like this is it, like I'm I'm done. But he also kind of admits to you know, to her that oh, I did this on purpose. I knew this motherfucker would do this. I just I'm tired of being around, which boy, that's a hell of a conversation to have with someone holy shit. So Marvin Gaye God damn, if you didn't hear that, that was a fucking loud-ass thunder. Um, (laughs) Okay, so Marvin Gaye dies. The police show up, and Marvin Gaye Sr. is sitting out on the porch. Um, The police are like, what the fuck happened? He's like, oh, I shot my son. Killed his ass. The police are like, ooh, okay, well, (laughs) open and shut case. Um... When asked, um, Mar- when Marvin Gaye Sr. was asked, did you love your son? Marvin Gaye Sr.'s reply, word for word, was, let's just say I didn't dislike him. Yeah. Fuck that piece of shit. Um, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, I guess going out on a uh, happy note, but... That's what I got for you. So there's the story of Marvin Gaye, Frank Sinatra, Moby Dick. Um, hope you enjoyed. Until next time, goodbye.